Joining us now from uh, the state legislature, it's a state representative for District uh, 28A, or excuse me, let's try that again, District 58A, uh, Christy Purcell is uh, joining us. I'm having some technical problems here, Christy, I apologize no, for No, no, it's intro. all good. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks for coming in. Welcome to the KYMN studios here. Uh, another week at the state legislature. This week was two. Week two for you. It's now in the books, at least uh, the St. Paul portion of it. Today yep. is uh, a, a, an in-district uh, day for you. Yep. Uh, let's talk about what happened this week. Uh, kind of run through and tell us what you uh, have been working on. Well, it was interesting for me to have a first full week to sort of see what my schedule is. So one of my committees meets three times a week. So I got the first chance at that, that the Education Finance Committee. Um, it's been a lot of overviews. So having uh, the Department of Ed and the, um, sort of different sections within the Minnesota Department of Education, giving us the rundown, letting us know how things work. I have a lot of uh, reading, a uh, couple hundred page packets about uh, how education finance works in the state. The formula, the per pupil formula um, is really complicated. <laughs> so uh, it's been really great overviews. And then I hope today and the, over the weekend and, and the long weekend, because we have Monday off, um, to be delving into that and getting more familiar with that process. So um, it's been kind of a combination of overviews like that. And then we have passed uh, a handful of bills now out of my committees as well. All right. Let's talk about those. Are there anything uh, major that you've gone through? So I would say um, it, the the two bills out of my environment committee I would not qualify as major. They're from last year mm -hmm. and didn't get passed last year. So it's a little bit of cleanup from last year. But I would say the place where um, it's been really exciting and actually quite moving um, to have people come and testify is in the elections committee. So that committee only meets once a week. So we're moving a little faster because we kind of have less time. Um so the two bills that we passed out of that committee, um, one was a pre-registration for 16 and 17-year-olds um, to vote. And um, basically, there's, it's a pretty tiny fix to do that. There's a default box um, that's like defaulted no, that you will be pre-registered. And the forms will then just switch to the default being yes. And you can tick the box to no, you know, not pre-register. But there's also some, um, a little bit of confusing statutory language about the next election. Well, townships have elections in March. And if there's a special election because someone passed away, like we saw Congressman Hagedorn, um, if someone has turned 18 before then, because you just, Sometimes things come up. We don't know when the next election is. So this is uh, cleaning up the statutory language to say, nope, the day you're 18, then if there's election, you can vote. Um, so that was really cool to see young people come in support of that um, and and ways to get our youth more involved. And then that same day, the second bill we heard um, was restoring the right to people who have felony convictions. So also that's a confusing statute because if people are still on paper, then they can't vote or if they're on probation. And Minnesota has the highest rate of folks who we uh, with felonies, first of all, a lot more um, infractions qualify as a felony. 
and we do, I think maybe the, the lowest time behind bars for those folks, but the longest probation, like sometimes decades of probation. And then those people are disenfranchised right now by our vote. So we want to join other states, including Utah, Louisiana, Ohio, North Dakota, I believe, um, who make sure that after people have served their time that they get to participate in our democracy again. Mm-hmm. So there was some really incredible, incredibly moving testimony. That. All right. Christy Purcell is uh, with us. Uh, once again, we are talking about the le- this week in the legislative session. Uh, did you meet with all your committees? Was there a testimony? Did you hear, or is it, are we kind of at the point in the uh, legislative session that you hear from a lot of the constituents and uh, Yes. So I'm starting to hear from more constituents, which is great. Um, I appreciate everyone's patience who's tried to reach out to me because uh, I'm just sort of putting the systems in place to deal with the volume um, of both email and voicemails and also just some technical difficulties. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping starting next week, I'll be uh, uh, more on top of that with a quicker response time. Um, but I do intend to get back to everyone who has contacted me thus far. Now, do you have aides working in your office? I do. I have a legislative assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, she splits her time half, half with me and half with another lawmaker. Um, but she manages basically my scheduling my calendar um, and then helps with the the volume of email and voicemail like I just mentioned. <laughs> All right. So. Let, let's talk about the uh, just legislative uh, session as a whole. One of the things that uh, the DFLs, uh, or at least the governor has stated, is uh, he'd like to see that uh, marijuana be uh, pass a marijuana bill uh, this year, making it legal in some way, shape, or form. We'll have to wait and see what that uh, is going to look like in the mm-hmm. in the end. Uh, but let's have you heard much on that? I know I don't. I'm sure if it affects any of your committees, but what are your thoughts on that? Yes. So I. Um I think Minnesota is ready. I was endorsed by the Minnesota's Ready Coalition um, in the campaign, which talked about legalizing adult use cannabis and expunging records for people with minor convictions like possession of marijuana. Um, we know that disproportionately affects poor people, working people, people of color. Um, so trying to kind of even the playing fields a little bit there. I don't, I, I was actually wondering if that is going to come before any of my committees. Um, my main, um, I've been like tangentially sort of know that it's been working its way through committees. Um, hasn't come before any of my committees yet. It is going to have to go through maybe all of them. I mean, there's so many committees <laughs> that it's going to need to go through. It's an enormous bill. Um, but my main concern is that I want to make sure that our farmers aren't left behind. So um, there are a couple of farmers that I know who grow hemp for the CBD oil, mm-hmm. um, which is legal and um, and or they grow for the um, the material, the hemp mm-hmm. material. Sure. So those folks know how to grow plants, those plants being I believe they're perennials um, and, you know, could be a great cash crop for farmers and help revitalize our rural communities. So I don't know that it will come before the Ag Committee, but um, what I continue to sort of check in on this bill with is to make sure that um, it's not just big pharma coming in and, and eating up the entire market when 
this is an opportunity to, to support rural Minnesotans and our farmers specifically. Yeah, we can keep the cartels out as well. That would be great. <laughs> that, would that would be, be great. a good thing. We really don't need involvement from them. Uh, once again, Christy Purcell, District 58A State Re- Representative, is with us. Uh, the big thing that uh, is going on at the legislature this year, or is making the most headlines and has for quite some time, like uh, well over a year now, is the uh, large surplus that we're dealing with. Has there... Ben, you know, I suppose there's talk within uh, just about any type of finance committee that you're going to have about that. Uh, but is are just in general, do you feel like they're uh, at a point where maybe everyone can be happy with some type of compromise deal or any idea yet? Yes, um, I don't have any idea yet. I think it sounds to me like my my first year interpretation, Mm -hmm. it seems like um, there's another budget forecast that will come out right now. um, We haven't talked about the two. There's been two whopping two bills that have passed off the House floor. The governor signed the um, I forget what we call it, tax alignment bill. So six years ago, the federal government changed how they do taxes. It's been a huge headache for CPAs in Minnesota for these six years. So the governor signed that yesterday um, to just make sure that it's clear. Um, but that bill costs money. So that's sort of the first bill to, to take up any of the state budget, including the potential surplus. So one other thing I've learned is that right now in statute, when that estimation is being done about the budget and the budget forecast, they intentionally cannot take um, inflation into account. So that's another bill that has moved quickly through committees because we think that $7.6 billion is an inflated number um, because it does not account for inflation. So I don't know if that will pass off the House floor and, and then affect the next forecast. But um, because of those sort of different pieces up in the air and then waiting for the governor will come out with his budget. And that kind of gives target um, uh, budgets for each area. I think that will then be the, the thing the House anyway uses to say, oh, OK, you know, in taxes, we've got X number of dollars in our budget. And, you know, within that, what do we do? But there are some, you know, budgetary measures um in the Ed Finance Committee, for example, I think that's 35% of our state budget. Um, it's a huge chunk. So um, just making sure that we are allocating funds to fill the gap between the, um, I'm trying to think of Dr. Hillman's words, the special education cross-subsidy, I think is the technical mm-hmm. term. But it's the gap between what uh, school districts get reinforced to take care of our special education, our highest need students, and you know what the actual cost is and what they get reimbursed. There's a about a forty percent gap. So trying to make sure we address those things is going to take funds and make sure that that is that's carved out. That's part of the plan. I don't know that everyone's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's not ever enough money for all the. I think people were sort of licking their chops with the the DFL trifecta and <laughs> and the surplus. So I don't. You know, not everyone's going to get yeah. all the things. Yeah, you you can learn from from my experience here. Nobody's going to be happy. No, it's true. It's true. Well, you <laughs> know, we're going to do our happy. Best. It's works. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, we we want to do the most good for the most Minnesotans. Mm-hmm. So there's going to have to be some 
calculus there. Let's look at a uh, preview from next week. At what point do you start getting, um, you know, the forecast and some of the deadlines and some of the things? Uh, is that uh, that's probably really not until February, I would imagine, when you, before you really get uh, into some. Uh, 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 I guess situations where you have deadlines and you got to get something through. Yes, I th- I don't know when the I think they call it like the f- the first deadline um, for making sure that bills you know bills have had a hearing mm-hmm. in their committee. I can't recall when that is. I do think it's sometime in February, and then for some reason the kind of fourth week in January is sticking out in my mind either with the updated forecast or with the. Um, mm-hmm. governor's budget, but I feel like that's not next week, but two weeks from now. Okay. Um, and I know there's, there's just some data collection, like from 2022 that we're waiting on in, in committees, like what our student count is, what the, um, the overall school lunch debt is, um, in different school districts and mm-hmm. places like that. So I think January seems like a time we're moving faster than typically. Uh, the legislature moves in January. I mean, the tax bill especially, you know, got through both chambers and got to the governor's desk. Um, I think I think that set a record for how early <laughs> that happened. Um, you know, broad bipartisan support to just realign our tax um, our tax laws, but otherwise things are things take a, a little bit longer typically. What's the highlight this coming week? Anything in particular? Oh, gosh. Um, I have to say I haven't really looked ahead to next week. I'm still playing catch up from this week. Um, I think, I think we're going to hear, well, so the, the second bill that we passed off the House floor is the Crown Act. So we know that there are some Minnesotans who have, uh, maybe more, uh, Afrocentric hairstyles. So twists, braids, froze who have, um, faced repercussions like at their job for not having, uh, more European beauty standards for their hair. So the Crown Act has been passed in lots of different states across the country. Um, that's the second one that we passed mm-hmm. off the House floor. I think, um, and that had bri- bo- broad bipartisan support, but I think uh, the time for the broad bipartisanship may be coming to a close as we hear some some more, you know, bills that are high priority for Democrats, like the PRO Act, protecting reproductive options. And, um, we know that our friends across the aisle are are not going to be in favor of protecting women's you know choices in healthcare so all right. Well, we'll talk more about that uh, in the future. Thank you Sounds so much good. for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, good luck next week, and we'll talk to you next Friday. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeff. 